Welcome to a special edition of Disruptors and Innovators. I'm Rob Richardson. And I'm James Keyes. And we are here. We're excited to have Andrew Gillum, the, the uh, former mayor of Tallahassee, the gubernatorial nominee for the Democratic Party in 2018 for governor. You know, you know, Andrew Gillum wasn't supposed to be the gubernatorial nominee. In fact, every single gubernatorial nominee, both Democrat and Republican, had been millionaires. You were supposed to be a millionaire. You were supposed to be extremely well-connected politically. That's the only path to political power statewide in Florida. That is the only way that was possible. So when Andrew Gillum ran, most people wrote him off. They said he would never get there. They said he had no chance. He should do something else. He should get behind someone else. But he came out and he won that primary. And then most people thought he would go on to win uh, but he didn't. But he's still fighting and he's showing what you can do, that you don't have to stay where you're at. You don't have to stay in failure, but instead you can fail forward. You can continue to fight and move on. He is inspiring. Uh, you know, I have a lot in common with him. I, I know what it's like to run statewide, to put it all out there, to come so close, but then to fall short. You still got to get back up. And that's why I admire him. And that's why it's an honor and a pleasure to have him on the show. Hello, this is Andrew. Hey, how you doing? Rob Richardson here. Hey, Rob, I'm doing well, man. What about yourself? Um, I, I can't complain. I also have uh, James Keyes, who was actually a contributor on the on the program, and he's from Florida. Three of my uh, contributors are actually all from Florida and from Miami, Florida, from where you're, where you're born. Oh, man. Yeah, good yeah, afternoon. Man. That's something ground. Hey there, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Great, man. Doing well. So we just got to recruit all these um, Floridians turned Ohioans uh, back to the Sunshine State. Oh no, they're no, they're Floridians. No, they are. I live in Pines, Pembroke Pines, and um, I came down 2008. I'm originally from Ohio. Grew up with Rob. Um, went to school in DC. I'm a, I'm a uh, Howard Bison. I see you. We got a oh, you're a rattler over oh, here. Oh, oh, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> we, all, we all can't be rappers. And you know one of our guys. You know Tunde. Uh, you know Tunde Ogallana. You know him, Ogallana. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Tunde is one of your contributors as well. He is. He is. So. Okay. Great. Yeah. So he, he's actually That's how great, we. Rob, Rob, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I can't complain. You know, we've uh, we're both in a different place that we than where we thought we would be. Uh, this time in 2019, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's actually a good yeah, way. You can say that again. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to open this up and we'll just get right to it. That's a, it was a, it's a really hard process running for office. You've, you've been doing it for a while. Uh, I don't have as much experience in terms of running for office, but I have learned to get, gain so much more respect for the process. Once you go through it and you realize how hard it is and how thankless it is, frankly. Uh, but once you got to that part, once you got to running for governor, and you know, honestly, besides from my race, I have to tell you, brother, yours was the hardest that I took because I, I believed you were going to win. I saw your win as an important, uh, not only because your leadership is important, but because I think what you could have represented, you are a progressive, thoughtful leader in a state that hadn't elected anybody like that ever. Uh, so I saw myself and you in some ways. So I felt your pain and I went through it in, in similar ways running statewide here in Ohio. But what I'd like to learn from you is what did you what, what did you learn most about yourself that you didn't know through that process? Because I believe people learn the most from their setbacks. Yeah, well, let me first say, uh, Rob, um, 
a tremendous amount of respect for for you, for your profession, for your family, for the way in which um, you've committed yourself to you know to this process. And um, um, like you, heartbroken uh, over uh, the election outcome, I certainly felt. Uh, from the very moment that I jumped into the race for governor of Florida, um, you know, uh, you know that whole you know twenty two months or so that we put into this, I felt that there was not a day um, that I didn't feel like we were going to win, um, and um, got up uh, and got out there, and I fought uh, like uh, uh, like my life depended on it. I fought with everything that I had. And the truth is, is even though we didn't get the opportunity to win this transaction, I am smart enough to know that uh, there was even change in that. Um, uh, like you, uh, becoming the first person of color to ever win the Democratic nomination for governor of the state of Florida was a feat in itself. Uh, and maybe um, the road to the next person who looks like me and maybe has a similar profile or maybe different attempts this thing. Um, that maybe that road will be made a little more smooth. Um, we saw in my state a uh, pretty historic turnout in this election. Typically, the governor's race in our state was expected to attract about 6 million, 6.1 million voters. Presidential races come close to you know almost 9 million voters. And we had 8.5 million people come out and vote in a midterm election in the state of Florida. Um, we passed Amendment 4, re-enfranchising 1.4 million returning citizens, former felons uh, in our state. Uh, we flipped houses of you know, uh, seats uh, in Congress and legislative and a Senate seat. And there were wins up and down the ballot. And so, you know, what I had to resolve very quickly was, although the transaction didn't work out for me, um, that there was a lot that happened over the course of this race. Black people, for the first time in the state of Florida, voted at their share of the population, which had never happened, including in the 08 or in the 12 uh, presidential elections. Um, we saw young people double. Oh, yeah, young people doubled uh, uh, in, in the vote. So there was a lot that happened there that I take a tremendous amount of pride in. And the truth is, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And so from, from my standpoint, one, I learned how resilient I could be. Um, every day on the trail was not a good day. In fact, I have to tell you, um, if you were just looking at press analyses and, and money raising and that kind of thing, I supposed to lose. had more bad days. You weren't even yeah, supposed to come out yeah. of the, uh, uh, you, you weren't even supposed to come out of the primary. You were, you were sold that not it was chance. impossible. Yeah, not a chance. Right. And so, um, it, it means something that the first person, when you enter one of these challenging kinds of environments, the first person who you have to convince to believe in you unadulterated, to believe in you unapologetically and without regret is you. Uh, because, you know, there's a lot that will happen over the course of these things. A lot will come and go. Uh, every day won't be a good day by most people's, you know, uh, sort of uh, assessments. Uh, but as the candidate, you kind of have to decide in yourself um, that you're in this for the right reasons, that, 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 that you're doing the right work. Uh, and that you get up every day recommitting yourself to it. I know that's and why I are you in the whether I felt it or not. If you can, uh, sorry to interrupt you, and I want to ask you one more question, oh. and I want to let James ask a question. Why are you? Why are you doing this crazy stuff? Because politics is thankless sometimes, and I'm saying this as someone who loves the process too. But it's it's a, it's a hard process, and there are other things you're very talented that you could be doing. Why do you want to do this? 
Well, I mean, probably like you. I mean, you 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 actually live a pretty selfless life. Uh, you, you're also a firefighter, which means you're one of those people who rush toward danger when the rest of us run from it. Um, that means something. There's something in the in the way you're cut, and I feel the same way. Um, I was I was growing up always the one that was frustrated when we'd be around and everybody would be complaining. When to me it seems so much simpler. Uh, and, 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 and efficient to just get at whatever the problem was and work to solve it. And, um, uh, I think I've sort of carried that trait all the way forward, but this thing means something because having grown up, uh, in, in, in a working class household, I was born in Miami. My mother drove the Miami Dade school bus, uh, uh, growing up. My dad was a construction worker. I'm one of seven kids in the fifth of those seven and the first of my siblings to graduate from high school or graduate from college. We know what it means uh, to see intergenerational poverty disrupted thanks to the hands of a really good public education and parents and family members who care. And so, um, you know, for me, when I hear people cast aspersions and sort of draw conclusions off of, you know, superficial differences between us, it annoys me because uh, it's not a true reflection of, of how people live their lives and what's real. And, um, you know, in the body politics, um, uh, it's a hard enough game uh, to compete in, but try bringing, you know, all of those experiences to the table where the people who you sit next to and behind and maybe legislate on beside uh, don't have any relationship to that lived experience. If people like us don't get in the process, sometimes that voice never gets heard in the process. So, uh, you know, we, we have to be in this thing because if we're not, you know, to, 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 to put it more succinctly, uh, if you're not uh, at the table, it means you're likely on the menu. Uh, and so, you know, uh, and my way of getting off the menu is by pulling up a seat to the table. Uh, and that table may be, for me, politics, but for others, it may be, you know, public service as a firefighter or a police officer or a nurse or whatever it is that chosen field is. All I'm saying is don't sit back and complain, you know, get your hands dirty, get in the middle of it and mix it up. Right. James, uh, James Keyes, you had, a, you had a quick question for him. Yes, yes. I, I, Andrew, I note that, that you are a proud graduate of Florida A&M University, which is a historic. That's right. Go Rattlers. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, I was wondering, you know, how did that experience prepare you for you know, the, the, the course that you've taken? You know, you've had a lot of success up to this point. I know we focused on the setback from last year, but you, you've, you've accomplished a lot, you know, and, and you know, decades yeah. of experience and really bringing change, positive change to people's life. So, you know, how did, how did the university experience, you know, did prepare you for that? And, and anything else you may want to mention as far as they prepared you for that? Well, James, I mean, you, you probably can reflect and share in this reflection as a graduate of, of HU. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, name check Howard University. Yes, yes. Uh, you're going to say the uh, real HU. <laughs> I, I listen, my, I've got a cousin at Hampton, so I'm trying not to, you know, uh, uh, damage any relationships here. But nonetheless, the experience is, is so, so powerful. I can't, I can't say enough what Sam you did. Uh, to shape me. And even my time there was no, you know, no walk in the park. Um, we had our challenges without a doubt. We were fighting. It felt like every year, maybe month in and month out, um, uh, to, to, to see our university validated for the contributions that it was making, not only to the state of Florida, but to the country and the world, vis-a-vis the graduates that we were producing. But I will, I remember as a kid watching a different world which was um, among my favorite shows growing up. And 
um, had decided that I was going to attend Hillman college one day. Um, <laughs> I didn't know whether, you know, w- w- where it was. I just knew, you know, about Jaleesa and Wayne Wayne and <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, 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 Whitley Gilbert, right. We knew those folks. And because I didn't have a, a family tradition of folks going to college, really a different world became my North star. Hampton became, I mean, um, um, uh, you see, I just named Jack Hampton there. I had to do that. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, Hillman became, um, you know, the destination place for me. And what I saw there that attracted me, even to FAMU and to HBCUs in general, where you saw black people demonstrating excellence. They were excellent orators. They were um, excellent in their character, in their conduct, in their example. And I just knew I wanted to be around that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get anything less than that when I attended Florida A&M University. And I imagine the situation is probably different for, for others who attend HBCUs. It's a powerful experience because it, it, it isn't easy. The net check doesn't come on time. Sometimes you don't have great relationships uh, with professors and you get into conflict, but it felt like a family all the way through. I felt like everybody around me, uh, even through our little you know small spats, they were pulling for me. Um, and that was never more true uh, than it was these last two years in this race where rattlers came from everywhere. Ones I didn't know, names I couldn't call, uh, folks who I uh, uh, had no previous relationship with who were pulling money out of their pocket and, and, do, and, and supporting the campaign and even taking, you know, tricks from wherever they live to come in and help. So it's a family. And, and, and I tell you, um, um, I would not be who I am today were it not for the fact that I passed through Florida A and M University. Great, mm, nice. And I know we're running short on time, so uh, you you make a really what I think is a relevant point that seeing the examples, seeing that it's possible, lets us know that it's possible. And and that was the importance of the yeah. HBCU experience. That was the importance of you seeing on a different world. Uh, I'm going to go back to 2018 again because. Uh, I think a lot of us were looking at that moment. Uh, I can at least speak for myself. I thought that would be a watershed moment. Uh, and in some ways it was, but in, 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 some, in some ways there were some, I guess, some challenges or some mixed results. Uh, I, w- I would include Ohio and Florida in that. But there's now been a conversation that I know you've heard a lot from the Democratic Party, and it's coming, it's coming out now. And it's probably from others, too. But it, it goes something like this. In order for Democrats to win, uh, Democrats have to nominate a safe white male that toes the line, doesn't do anything that's too controversial. And that's the only way uh, and the only path back for Democrats in the White House. Uh, What's your take on that? And uh, how do we either, I guess, accept that or reject that? Yeah, you can guess my take on that. I can uh, guess. Rob, but uh, uh, the, the truth is, is both you and I had to fight that kind of a narrative in our respective um, races and, and, and in the primary. Uh, yeah, look, I told the people uh, I didn't have the proof at the time I was making the case. But now that we've made our way through the election, you know, the proof is in the eating of the pudding. So just look at the numbers. So for 20 plus years. Um, that was the script. That was the typograph of the candidate that we thought we had to nominate if we were going to win. Um, and each of them lost by anywhere between one point and seven points. Um, the last two nominees uh, for governor of the state of Florida on the Democratic side lost by 
know, 80,000 or so uh, votes between them and the Republican. Close margins, of course. But in my race, uh, we lost by 32,000 votes with 85,000 votes not counted. Um, and we had the largest, most historic turnout that we've seen in the midterm election in the history of, uh, of the state of Florida coming close to presidential turnout numbers. And so my point is, is it was our race that, that turned more people out, that engaged more people, that caused voters of color to come out at record numbers, along with young people to come out in record numbers. Um, that, that, that what people are looking for, and they don't have to agree with you, hook, line, and sinker on every single issue, but they need to believe that you believe. You got to get out there and be unapologetic in your standing. And uh, I don't believe that everybody who voted for Trump believed in, in, in everything he said, but he certainly got out there and convinced you that we were going to be uh, sick of winning. We were going to win so much, you know, we'd be tired of it and that the country would be made great again and all these other things that, you know, many of us were questioning over, but he was speaking to a part of the electorate that needed to hear that. Uh, what about the part of the electorate that needs to hear that you should be able to work one job and earn enough to take care of yourself and your family rather than two and three? What about the part of our constituency that wants to know that, uh, that, that they will get entitlement to health care that is life saving uh, without having to be terrified of going broke or being put in a poor house uh, because you get sick? Right. There is a part of our constituency and our country that loans to hear that to include working class white voters, but either don't hear it enough from us or don't believe us when we're saying it. Uh, and so I got out there and I ran a race that was true to me, that was true to my belief system that I believe reflected what the everyday person's experience was in the state. And they rewarded us by coming out to vote. But there were obviously other, you know, motivations also in the atmosphere. And I had to deal with that uh, as, as, as well. But I reject this idea that, that you've got to be a white male, middle-aged typograph in order to com compete and win these races. Um, my race alone, I think, was a bit of a contradiction to, to, to that, uh, coming closer than any other Democrat in 24 years in the history uh, here in, 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 in the state of Florida. So I say run as you are, believe what you believe, and get out there and shout it from the rooftops and give people something to actually get off the couch and go vote for not just against, and I think that's how we're going to win. Well, one final question. I know you got to get ready to go, uh, but before we get to that question, I want to make sure people know how to help you, and, and I want to offer, by the way, to, to be any help that, that I can uh, to your efforts with, uh, it's Florida yeah. Forward, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We're well, yeah, trying to move forward Florida and, and, uh, and Florida Forward. Um, we are committed to, re uh, to registering a million voters between now and Election Day uh, of 2020. Uh, with the goal of uh, evicting Donald Trump from the White House. But I tell you, we got a deeper goal than that, and that is to transform politics in the, uh, for the future of the state of Florida. If we're a state that is decided by 1%, then let us build enough of, of, a, of a voter base that is more reflective of the people in our state, give them some agency, help them find agency over themselves, and then help to turn those voters out. And I believe if, if we move more voters to the polls, we can shrink these margins and, in fact, come out the other side and win these races. So, And what I want to do that, um, for, you, for you, uh, yeah. uh, 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 Brother Gillum, is to make sure you're connected to some uh, to folks that I have in Florida and some other folks with labor, particularly, hopefully, Liuna, because uh, I believe that they would be interested in making sure that we are registering and being supportive, uh, I'm sure, financially, but any other way they can be, too. So I will offline with you think about how we can do that uh final question here is would about, love that no of course and because uh, we believe in what you're doing uh final question 
you talked about uh, Beto O'Rourke and also uh, uh, Stacey Abrams did too. And there has been, I've seen this, 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 um, th- this uh, conversation come up and I understand where it comes from. You know, the fact is that uh, you and Stacey Abrams actually lost by smaller margins in just as compet- just as tough a state as, as Texas in some ways. Uh, but there wasn't necessarily that recognition that, you know, oh, you should be considered for president. It was only given to him. Uh, and and Stacey came out with some very specific words. Uh, what do you think we can do to get people to, to really get past this point and figure out how we actually don't just focus on uh, style and don't just focus on, I guess, privilege of others? Because it does seem like uh, there, there's been an unequal application in terms of who can who who can be a national star and who can't. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we all know. I think what's really latent in this, and, and there's so much built-in bias in uh, in 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 our culture, and also in our media culture, and it also harkens back to a question that you all raised earlier, which was around this 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 certain type of graph that people believe, you know, that you got to be white and male and, um, you know, uh, uh, picturesque, uh, the representative all America kid, if you will, um, in order to be considered, you know, as a serious contender for the presidency of the United States, um, and even for higher office. And again, we face this even in our races for, you know, our statewide races, you know, for governor and, 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 and otherwise. And I do think that we have to continue to question that mold and that model. Um, I don't blame, you know, Beto O'Rourke himself. Um, I think that he is the victim of a larger culture or in some ways even complicit in a larger culture um, that says that this is what you got to look like and be like if you're going to be a serious player on the field. Um, I do think we have to continue to question it, not from a place of hate, not, a, not from a place of, of, of jealousy, but to simply hold the mirror up and say, now, what about this uh, seems right? Um, 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 I have tried to say at every turn because I know I'm not running for president, uh, but I know Stacey hasn't made a decision. But Stacey has as much a right, if not more, uh, uh, of anybody else in this field to compete uh, for the office of president. And if she were to get in it, she would be, in my opinion, a very, very top uh, contender. Uh, whether the media wants to acknowledge that, whether, you know, that, 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 that the culture wants to embrace that and, and, and uh, uh, is a different question. Uh, but I will tell you this much. Um, I fully, fully, fully support her uh, uh, consideration here, um, given what she was able to prove and do in Georgia and what that might mean uh, for the future of the country. Uh, but uh, this won't happen overnight. I do think we have to call it out where we see it. And try to force the media and others to be better. Uh, the country agree. is prepared to be better. We got to be better. Well, I agree, and that's the point of this podcast, disruption. Now, our goal is to fight back against the status quo, challenge conventional thinking, uh, because as you said, the numbers don't actually align with that. You were able to show, Stacey Abrams was able to show that if you're bold, if you're willing to go talk to people, meet them where they're at, uh, you can have a substantial difference, and you 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 have shown that. And I believe that that is the model for the future. So I still have hope. I look forward to you coming back on the show. Um, We're also going to have something at the CBC and we might keep you informed for that because we're going to have a disruptors panel. Yeah, please keep us posted. I would love to have you there um, and keep up with you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for everything that you will do. And thank you for taking time to come on our show today. Well, ditto back to you, brother. And thanks again for having me. You all take care. All right. You too.
All righty. Thank you. We're just going to pick right up with what he said. Um, Yes, I mean, it was, you know, where we ended, I thought was very interesting. Um, and you and uh, Andrew both have experience in this in terms of this archetype that people expect to be the type that will be the most competitive versus what the numbers actually show. Exactly. Um, and I think I think you really nailed it. I mean, you, you have to you, you want people that believe something and can can transfer that belief, can transfer that energy to others. And it'd be great if they look a certain way, but that actually isn't the prerequisite. How they look is much less important than how they're able to connect with people and convey that their belief, you know, and as he pointed, Trump was the great example of that. Like he, he believed things that in some cases were nonsensical, but he truly believed them. And he was able to convey that belief to others and they bought it. And that's where the enthusiasm really came from. And it's sustained. Yeah, I'm, I'm perplexed at this just obsession with saying that the way we win is by going to things, not not the way we, but I say the way Democrats win, All even though I'm a Democrat, I'm not running for president, but people say the way Democrats win is that they go to models that haven't worked. Let's go to be the most moderate, figure out how we can offend the least amount of people. And we do that, we'll be able to win back the voters we lost. And I'm thinking, what are you, what model are you pointing to? When did that happen? <laughs> when did that work? <laughs> yeah. President Kerry, President Gore, I mean, President Hillary Clinton. I'm trying to think none of the, all those, all those individuals followed that path, a very safe path. Uh, one that everyone says should work. This is the model that should work, but they, they didn't inspire people to come out, which you and I have talked about this a lot. I believe yes, it's yes. the double-edged sword. It's the double-edged sword. They, it's the mistaken belief that they're going, if they put forth a middle candidate, that they will be flipping people who would be voting Republican normally, the, the, the hardcore Republicans, or that they, they're going to be flipping those people that say, hey, if we put up Kerry, then, then a third of the people that vote Republican normally are going to vote for us. And that's just a miscalculation. Like, And you end up, as you pointed out, you don't get your own base excited because you've got someone based on the way that they look or this profile that you think people find palatable um, on a, on a glance, but actually the, does that person inspire people is really the question that you have to answer because you need to, if the democratic base is larger than the Republican base, which the numbers suggest that it is, then you need to focus on taking care of your people, making sure that your people are excited. Oh, Barack Obama inspired the Democratic base. And he he was actually more of a centrist, but he was still cast as a radical left-wing yep. person. You're going to be cast as a radical left-wing person regardless. So you might as well pick somebody who is authentic and is is somebody that can convey that or, or can transfer that energy and that belief. Yeah, I, I, I concur. Well, what do you think, what are your thoughts on the whole thing with Beto uh, O'Rourke and, and, and the difference in the treatment between his, I won't say potential candidacy, he is a candidate for president. Yeah, he's announced, he's announced. Yeah, he's announced. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gillum, as well as uh, Stacey Abrams, Gillum has announced he's not running, uh, mm-hmm. as he has already said before this, and Stacey Abrams hasn't made a decision. But if Beto can be a star, it's a fair question. Why would Stacey Abrams not be seen as a star? Well, I wonder uh, when I look at that, I wonder if that's a media driven creation, meaning the media 
likes Beto. They like the way he looks. They think if they put this guy front and center, then they can get a lot of clicks and they can get a lot of, of interest, which, cause you know, they're, they're in it for the, 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 the to drive the, the interest they're in it to say, Hey, we need people to, to, in the old school, it'd be buy a newspaper, but now it's, we need people to go to our website. We need people to watch. And so they think that, Hey, if we put this guy front and center, it will, people will watch, people will consume our media, or is it coming from the democratic uh, party uh, power brokers that are saying, hey, we need to get this guy out front and center. And it could be both. It's not saying it's one or the other, but trying to figure out where it's coming from is, is a part of the analysis. You can understand the logic. Like I said, I just think the logic is flawed. Like if we get this guy out there, the, the logic being, if we can get this guy out there, then people who are, are that, that, that lean Republican will be more inclined to flip to us. Um, and that again, doesn't play out that way. No matter what, if you put out Joe Biden, he's going to be attacked in the same way that if you put out AOC, Correct. if you, if you put out Beto, he's going to be attacked in the same way you're going to tax, attack Stacey Abrams. Yep. So the real question has to come back to, can you inspire people? Now to, to the credit, Beto does seem to be able to do that. I and agree. So I agree. I think there's some legit, there's some authentic ability to inspire. I can tell you, I know you and I agree on his answer to uh, the national protests with the uh, NFL players was yes. the best response in the whole 2018 campaign. It was. That's, I think that's yes. true. Yes. And that, that, that was something else. And so, well, but see, but you don't want to, and you take this conversation and you go too, too far with it, you end up in the wrong place because the question isn't whether Beto could potentially be a star. Anyone will give you that potentially. Yes, he could be a star. The question is why everybody's requiring or looking at him and saying, hey, that's the one versus Stacey Abrams, which she was able to do was equally incredible, if not more incredible in, in Georgia. And that's with running against the, the person counting the votes. Yep. <laughs> she, she, she was running against Secretary of State uh, who's counting the votes and she, you know, comes that close in Georgia. And so that's equally, if not more as impressive. And she also is able to inspire people and, and bring people. So it's more so the treatment people are, are, are looking sideways and saying, well, hold on. We see what Beto did and that's very impressive. And this guy may have the goods. We don't know but honestly, that's why we have a primary system. You know, you, you get out there, you see if you have the goods, as long as the primaries run fair and square. Um, and, with uh, Stacey Abrams, she may have the goods too. So wh where's the, the, the comparable or at least some level of hype train for her? You know, where is that? that, that it's run, the, the hype train's already left the station for Beto. And so right. where's the hype train for Stacey Abrams? Because it would seem to be a fair comp, you know, in terms of, hey, these people both can have shown to inspire. Um, and then people say, hey, well, their results weren't ultimately different. So why is one being looked at like that's the one and the other saying, oh, yeah, yeah, she's great. And, <laughs> and, and let's, let's Let's focus back on something else. And so I think that's the issue because nobody is taking away from Beto saying that, yeah, he, he could potentially, he hasn't, he hasn't shown it yet, but he, he has shown that, Hey, he has, there, there may be the goods may be there, but why is he treated differently? I guess is the, the, the biggest question or where this is going more so than saying something to put him down, because I don't think anybody's looking to do that necessarily. No, I agree. Well, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting. And uh, it was great having uh, Andrew Gillum on. We look forward to having we're going to pro, we're going to proclaim this early to having Stacey Abrams on at some point. She will make a great guest. So why not just claim speak it there it in the universe? Existence. You're going to speak it into existence. Yeah, I'm going to speak it into existence. It's going to happen. She's going to come to the show. Stacey Abrams, hope you're listening to us. We'd love to have you on. Uh, but for now, uh, it was great uh, for everybody that joined in. Just so you know, uh, make sure that you get a chance, if you get a chance to write a review, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to us on Google Play, 
However you may be listening to us, please, please, please write a review. More people will learn about us. Until then, I'm Rob Richardson. I'm James Keys. Disruption Now, Disruptors and Innovators. We will see you next week.